0: Welcome in here to V10 of 12 Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Today here on the show, we are going to be recapping the first weekend of college football in the Big 12 Conference. It was ugly for a couple of teams in the Big 12. 0-3 was the Big 12's record against Sun Belt opponents. Overall, though, not the best week for Big 12 football. You've got winners, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Texas. You got losers, of course, K-State, KU, and Iowa State. And then you've got Baylor, Oklahoma State and TCU, who did not partake in technically week two of the college football season, but let's be real here. It's week one in the Big 12 Conference. Next week, Houston will play up against Baylor, and Tulsa will play Oklahoma State. So there will be two games next weekend for us here in the Big 12 Conference. But like I said here, this is the 10 of 12 podcast. My name is Ryan Gilbert. For those of you uh, who don't know who I am or even what this is, um, I'm a student here at Kansas State University. I'm a senior now. Uh, boy, I feel really old saying that, but uh, I, I've done this podcast here for about a year and a half now. Um, if, you, if you if you've listened before, welcome back. I appreciate your uh, continued listenership uh, throughout the years. Um, you know what this is? It's it's basically just talking about each of the ten teams in the Big 12 conference. Okay, we don't get super in depth. We don't necessarily go into the schematics, the you know the crazy. I'm not going to come on here and spit hot takes. That's not what this is. Okay, this podcast here is for you to stay up to date around the Big 12 Conference. Okay, there's 10 teams. You've probably got a favorite team in there. You don't have time to follow all the nine other teams. So this is what this podcast is for. Stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12. Latest updates, news, predictions, highlights, scores. It's all here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Real quick here, follow us on Twitter at 10of12podcast. Been kind of dead on that account lately, but now that we've got sports back, I think we'll finally get that podcast, pardon me, that that Twitter account up and running again um, as we've got some 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 live football. It's been a weird season, but we finally have some pids, some picks being thrown around the field. So it feels good. It feels good to have some sports back, and there's no doubt about that. Um, if, if this is your first time listening, though, um, there's a chance you're from Go Power Cat. Um, for those who don't know, I picked up a job there at GoPowerCat.com back in about March or April, right when the pandemic sort of started. Um, I've been doing some podcasting, some recruiting, as well as just some articles for for the website. If you don't know what GoPowerCat is, it's basically the 24-7 affiliate. Uh, for Kansas State. I, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but you know, it's is—it's the K-State site for 24-7 sports. Go check it out if you're not doing so already. There's deals going up all the time on the website. Um, if you're not a subscriber over there, I would encourage you to do so. So this podcast will also be um, posted over there, as well as, of course, on um, on the Twitter at 10of12podcast. Stay up to date everywhere um, around the Big 12. So that, that's kind of what this is here. Um, I Like I said, I am a K-State student here. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a K-State fan. So, uh, you know, I, I I can't say that we're not going to talk about um, K-State less than another school. OK, I, I'll be honest. I I think we'll talk about K-State more than any other school on this podcast. But we, we touch on each of the 10 teams. OK, it's not just a K-State podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, I didn't want it to just be about K State. I didn't. I didn't want it to be one of those podcasts. Okay, t- today we're going to talk about the NBA. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Chiefs. The next day we'll talk about the Royals. The next day we'll talk about K State. I, I, did, I didn't want it to be all over the place. I wanted to keep a nice, simple theme to it. So I think the Big Twelve theme really works. Just because I've been, you know, a fan of the league pretty much, uh, you know, throughout my entire life. So that's kind of why I started this podcast. Um, so welcome if you've been listening for years, and I appreciate you sticking with me. If this is your first time, I hope it's not your last. Whether you're listening through the normal feed, whether you're listening through Go Power Cat, uh, thank you so much for spending part of your day listening here to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast. But uh, like I said, K State, Iowa State, KU, all losers in the first weekend. You've got Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Oklahoma victorious. And then you've got Oklahoma State, Baylor, and TCU not partaking in week number one or week number two, whatever you want to call it. So obviously, some frustrating games if you're a Wildcat, Jayhawk, or Cyclone fan. Um, and we'll start it off with that Kansas State game, but before we do, we'll go down the line here. Oklahoma, 48-0 over Missouri State, a big-time win for the Sooners. Texas beats up on UTEP, 59-3, another one of those blowout games. Then you've got Iowa State losing to Louisiana, 31-14. We'll get into that one here in a bit. West Virginia beats up on Eastern Kentucky, 56-10 to out there in Morgantown right here in Manhattan, though Arkansas State is able to get an upset win over K State thirty-five to thirty one. You've got Houston Baptist beating pardon me, losing to Texas Tech only by a couple points. 35-33 was the final in Lubbock. And last, honestly but least, you've got you've got Coastal Carolina beating KU thirty eight to twenty three out there in Lawrence. But we'll start it off here in Manhattan with that K State Arkansas State game. I mean if you're a K State fan, you've got every right to be um, upset with this football game. It was not pretty. It was not good. It, there was basically no, there was nothing positive to take away from this game. I think the one thing that you look at and you can say that was good was Deuce Fawn's uh, running back abilities for Kansas State. He ran the ball well. He's only a freshman. I think the future does look bright for Deuce Fawn um, in purple here in Manhattan for the next four years, hopefully, if you're a Wildcat fan. But other than that, it was atrocious, okay? And I know a lot of people want to bring, uh, want to blame Skylar Thompson, okay? And I'm, I'll be the first one to blame him. I, if you don't know me, or if you don't know me well enough, I'm not a Skylar Thompson fan. I'm really not. And if you've listened to um, some of the stuff on Go Powercat, I try to hold back. I don't want to be that guy to just come on the podcast and spit hot takes and be angry and be mad at this guy, that guy did something wrong. That's not who I want to be. But I've never been a fan of Skylar Thompson. and I really I, I think we saw that this past weekend against Arkansas State it was funny i was watching with one of our roommates and he was like oh Skyler's great he's going to have a great year and i was like i don't think it's going to happen man i would i would love for that for that to happen but i just i don't see it but uh, Eddie, after the game was over, I went up to him. I was like, Eddie, I think, uh, I think you owe me an apology there because Skylar played one of his worst games um, as a Wildcat. He's played some bad games in his past, but this was not pretty for him. He missed a couple big throws. Um, there were some miscommunications with his wide receivers. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me with Skyler Thompson, and I, this is not his fault. This this loss is not his fault. Kansas State played awful. There's no question about that. But I think the biggest thing for Skylar Thompson – um that I saw on the field was his body language. And he did not have the body language of a leader there against Arkansas State. Okay. I think it was Malik Knowles over on the right sideline. He uh he overthrows him by a mile. He's looking at Malik Knowles, he's saying, Hey, that's your fault. You gotta be in the right spot. When in reality you gotta be a leader. Even if even if it was Malik Knowles' fault, you've gotta say, Hey, we'll get the next play. It's all right, get your head up. I'll get my head up, you know? That's not how a leader—a leader doesn't point fingers. And I saw, I saw Skylar Thompson pointing his finger, shrugging his shoulders, head down a couple times there in Manhattan. That's not what a, a leader does on or off the field. You know, you talk about lead by example. I think Skylar Thompson really needs to uh, make a couple steps forward in this in this off week against before they play up against Oklahoma— To open up conference play. That's not going to be a fun game if you're a K State fan. It's just not. You can try to make some optimism for it. You can try to say, hey, we've got this going for us. We've got that going for us. It's not going to be a good game. Oklahoma looked really good. We'll talk about them here later. But uh, the main point here, I don't want to bash on Skyler Thompson because this loss is not his fault. As much as I dislike his abilities at quarterback, this loss was on everyone for K-State, including the coaching staff. Okay, you've got Blake Lynch who misses a couple field goals. Like I said, K-State loses this game 35-31. If he hits his field goals, they win this game, theoretically speaking, you know. If, he could, if the special teams hits their field goals, they win. Okay, but this game shouldn't even have been close. I mean, the offensive line goes without saying. They're very depleted. They're not going to be good this year. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. The offensive line for K-State is toast. This is going to be a long season for Skylar Thompson, okay? It'll be a long season because that's his Achilles heel. Skylar Thompson, if he, see, if he senses any sort of pressure, what does he do? He goes out and rolls towards his right, throws the ball out of bounds, lives to see another down. I guess he didn't turn it over. Whatever. That's what Skylar Thompson does, and this offensive line is not going to help that at all. So it's going to be a long season for K-State. I'll put it, but I'll put it bluntly. You know, if, if you listen to, you know, the questions podcast um, that I'm on, at go Power Cat. You probably haven't really heard me get too angry. I, I just, I, I don't want to do it on there, but here it's like, you know, I, I feel very passionately about this K-State team. You know, last year I was never on board with them, even after, even after they beat Oklahoma. I was never on board because I, you know, maybe it was just my memory. I went, I was in Stillwater for that game against Oklahoma State where they crapped the bed. Um, I was in Manhattan for that game against Baylor. Not pretty games. I mean, they stuck in my memory, okay? I think K-State can win some games this year, but after week one, it is clear. It is obvious. I know they're depleted. I know they didn't have a lot of players. K-State's not going to be that good this year. And this season's honestly, it's just going to be a wash. You know, even whoever wins the the, the championship, the trophy, the the, the playoff, whatever it's called, even whoever is determined champion, there's going to be an asterisk by your name for the rest of time because this was such a weird year. You know, in the Big 12, there's no way you're playing 10 games. There's no way. We already saw it with Oklahoma State, TCU, and Baylor. Okay? They're not playing 10 games. I mean, they might because they've got rematches, at least uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State do. But there's no way you're playing 10 games. It's not going to happen. There's going to be too many cases on a team. I don't think the season's going to get shut down. I think there there will be a full season. I think for a majority of Big 12 teams, you can't be banking on playing 10 games. It's not going to happen there's going to be positive there's going to be too many positive tests i guess i should say so back back to the game here i get off track here as you'll you will learn that you'll learn that i get off track a lot but back to the game here it should not have even been a game okay you look at k state's first drive it was a what a two-play touchdown pass from skylar thompson k state blocks a punt they get set up in the red zone so you know the offense did nothing for that Absolutely nothing. Schuyler made a good throw for a touchdown, sure. But if you take that away, that blocked punt, K-State's not scoring on that drive. I wholeheartedly believe that. You, could, I mean, I could be wrong because you never know. But if you take away that blocked punt, that's seven points off the board, okay? Let's go back, and when Arkansas State was in the red zone, they have the on the exchange with the, with the handoff, fumbles it on the ground, and K-State recovers. I mean, they were marching down the field. That's at least three points, probably seven. But at least three points, okay? That's at least 10 points, probably 14 points um, that, that could have swung Arkansas State's way that didn't. So this easily, and I'm not I am not being a lunatic in saying this could have easily been a three-score game, easily. K-State did not even deserve to have a chance in this game. If these teams play 10 times, K-State's got a chance to win two or three. If If they play the way they played, okay? If they play better, if they play mentally, physically prepared, they've got a better chance to win this game. But if they play like that... You're fortunate to even have a chance to win that game. It was ugly on all aspects. You give up 35 points. That's terrible, okay? At least got, at least the offense scored 31 points, okay? I know you can point fingers all you want. You scored 31 points. I know the Big 12 <laughs> stuff. 31 points isn't always going to get you a win, but against a Sunbelt school, 31 points should should give you a win. Not always, but but it should. And that's where you're frustrated if you're a K-State fan. You should have won this game. Because you're you're K-State. And I know I'm kind of all over the place here. You're K-State. You're you're a better program than Arkansas State. And we haven't even talked about Adams. Probably the best wide receiver. That's not even a question. The best wide receiver in the game. Easily. Youngblood wasn't playing. You know, you've got Malik Knowles who didn't do much. I mean, Alexander was just bullying A.J. Parker. It was an embarrassment for Kansas State. You've got to be better than that if you're, if you're the defense. Overall, Wyatt Hubert didn't do much. I know he had a couple sacks or a tackle, or whatever. He, you know, he had his, his selfie celebration. He was fine. The defensive line is what's going to have to carry this, this K-State team throughout the season because Skyler clearly he showed us that he's not prepared for this season. He's not. He just lost to Arkansas State. He's a senior quarterback in the Big 12. You lose to Arkansas State, that's a problem. I don't think you're going to be that good this year, buddy. I don't think so. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I would love you to prove me wrong, but it'll be a long season for the Kansas State Wildcats. I could go on and on. Like literally, I could just rant about this game for hours. And I know I kind of said earlier, this is not. I, I'm not going to come here and scream into the microphone and rant and and spit hot takes. Okay, that's not who. That's not what this is. That's not who I am. But you you need to hear it that K State's not going to be good this year. They they can win some games, sure. But that lost Arkansas State tells you everything you need to know about this team. It's going to be a long season. I mean, think about how you're going to go up against Oklahoma next week. I guess two weeks from now. How are you going to play Oklahoma when you're playing like that? You know, Skyler Thompson, there's talks about him being injured. Okay, Skyler, if you're injured, get out of the game. Let Will Howard go in and throw the passes. If you're so hurt, which is – if Skyler's hurt, that's fine. But if he's hurt to the point where he can't play – he needs to be a leader and say, "Yeah, I'm not 100%. I need to get out of this game and let someone who is 100% play." Because Howard looked pretty good for the you know little time we saw of him; he looked good. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. Overall, though, a frustrating loss for Kansas State, 35 to 31. I think we'll finally move on, um, as as I've been talking about that one for a bit too long here. Next game we'll get into is Louisiana at Iowa State, 33. Pardon me, 31 to 14 was the score in Ames, Iowa. I mean, just what a terrible look for the Big 12, not only with Iowa State, but with Kansas State and, as expected, Kansas as well. I mean, I, okay, this game was 31-14. I get it wasn't that close of a game. A 17-point loss is not good inside of Jack Trice Stadium. I think it was kind of the tail. Uh, these, these These two games were very similar for Kansas State and Iowa State. Just lack of preparation, you know. I know it's cliche to say, but... When you don't have that quote-unquote exhibition game or that practice game to get the rust off of you, that hurts. That, you know, that hurts a lot. That is killer for these teams. You know, Louisiana, this was their their first game, though, so you, you can't necessarily say that um, about Iowa State. You could certainly make up an excuse for Kansas State for not being prepared, even though that's entirely their fault. But, you know, Iowa State, there's not much of an excuse for this game to I guess a quote-unquote level playing field because it was both their first game but you lose it by 17 I don't necessarily think it's fair to say they got blown out because if you look at this game you know a a very poor offensive football game no doubt about that Iowa State um, they had a chance I mean they were up at halftime 14-10 so this was not a blowout like you're seeing they got shut out in the second half sure but that you know they were in it up until the final minutes of this game so you know a tough loss for Iowa State um, and I hate to say it on here I really do but Matt Campbell is not a good coach and I I, I really wish I would have done a podcast last week previewing all these games because I was going to say this exact same thing pretty much regardless of whether Ohio, Iowa State won or lost this game okay Iowa State's overrated they are not going to be good this year they're fortunate there's not 12 games being played this year so they can't go 7-5 and five again I guess that's a positive for Iowa State, but they're not good. Matt Campbell's not good. I don't, I just don't understand. You know, Texas, I understand. That's a big name, a big market. Oklahoma, that's a big name. I understand. I understand where some of these teams, um, why they get overrated. I don't understand why Iowa State gets so much praise every year. They're not good. Brock Purdy's mediocre at best. I just don't get it. You know, every year, Iowa it's, I guess not every year, but recently people are saying, Oh Iowa State's going to be good this year. No, Iowa State's not going to. They're pretty much like K-State. They lose to a Sunbelt school just like the Wildcats. I mean, the, the games are a little different, but grand scheme of things, it's an embarrassing look for the league. So, overall, not a good look for the Cyclones, not a good look for the Wildcats. We'll talk about KU Coastal Carolina here. 38-23 is the score and it's just what are you doing if you're Kansas what are what are you doing you lose it by 15 points and that okay here's the thing with that Iowa State game that was kind of a close game to say that this was a 15 point game in Lawrence is just ridiculous that was a 30 or 40 point game coastal carolina was blowing them out um, no contest it was over before it started really in Lawrence it was a what 28 to 3 game at halftime i think KU got a last second field goal heading into the break to get a massive three points on the board. It's just, you know, I saw a lot of KU fans and even reporters. I know it's their job to kind of, like, create optimism around the team. I get that. I really do. But there were a lot of fans that really were just excited and optimistic about this season, and then they do that. And I know I have no room to talk because K-State just went out and crapped the bet against Arkansas State. But still, it's not happening for Kansas, Okay. I tend to be a pessimist, honestly, more than an optimist with a lot of these teams. Like, I, you know, K-State, not going to be good. Iowa State, not going to be good. KU, certainly not going to be good, okay? If you're a KU fan watching this game, you're 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 kind of getting that reminiscent feeling, if you're a K-State fan, rather, I should say, you know, with McVitie and Kendrick at quarterback. I know Kendrick got a majority of the workload, but reminds you a lot of what happened with Skylar Thompson and Alex Delton, what was that, three or four years ago here in Manhattan, where... They didn't necessarily have a quarterback. They're still struggling. Carter Stanley's gone. You know, like I said, Kendrick got a majority of the workload, but they were still trying to get McVitie in there, and that's just not how you play football. You need one quarterback. I'm never, ever, ever a fan of bringing two quarterbacks into a football game. Never. Unless there's an injury, something happens, sure. But it's, you know, you've got to have one quarterback. If you don't have two, you don't have one. If you don't have two, you do not have one. You just don't. What do, you, what do you think if you're a quarterback and you're about to go into a game and you don't even know if you're going to play? Am I going to be the starter? Am I going to get the second, you know, possession? Are we going to switch off possessions? How is this going to work mentally, physically? How do you prepare for that, you know? It's just it's – I'm not a fan of it. Les Miles got to clean that up. Um, but overall, KU has got to clean up that game for sure. They all scored Coastal Carolina 20-10. to 10 in half number two, but this game, like I said, it was over before it started, straight up. So KU's not going to be good this year. There's absolutely no debating that. I think you can make a case for Iowa State. You can make a case for Kansas State. I could be wrong. They could prove me totally wrong. But KU's not going to have virtually any success in this league. And I know if you're a KU fan and you've listened um, to this podcast for a while, you'll you'll know that I'm pretty neutral with these things, okay? I'll be quick to call out K-State. I'll be quick to call out Kansas as well. Um, you know, go back to Iowa State, K-State last year. It was the the Thanksgiving break game, freezing cold. I wasn't in Manhattan, so I wasn't there to experience it, but apparently it was really cold. And um, later that season, uh, K-State gets the, the worst bowl game um, than Iowa State got. I think it was the Camping World Bowl, K-State was stuck in the Liberty Bowl. I could be totally wrong on that. Don't fact-check me, but K-State fans weren't happy, bottom line. They weren't happy. They said, hey, our fans are better than Iowa State fans. Really, I mean, Iowa State fans are pretty, pretty loyal, pretty passionate. Go to the Sprint Center, okay? Of course, there's going to be K-State, KU fans there. All right, oh, pardon me, T-Mobile Center because it's not the Sprint Center anymore. Even though in my heart, forever, it will be the, the Sprint Center, the T-Mobile Center. Go there if there's fans next time they're playing. I mean, it's flooded with with Iowa State fans. It's flooded with Iowa State fans. But the reason I bring this up is that you know? K-State was playing against Iowa State last season in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and there was nobody there. There was probably 5,000 fans there by the end of the game. There was no one there. And apparently it was super cold, right? And I get that. If you're too cold, go home. That's fine. But you can't sit here and tell me that your fans are better than Iowa State fans when you guys go home because it's cold at a game. Who cares how cold it is? You don't have the best fans in the Big 12, okay? You don't. Now, I agree that K- with K-State that they were the better team last year than Iowa State. They beat Iowa State, had a better record than them overall, okay? I totally agree with you on that, but as far as fans go, you really can't be screaming if you're a K-State fan. I mean, look, I, I tweeted that on the podcast a while ago. You know, we-, we remember the K-State-KU brawl that we had a few seasons back in Allen Fieldhouse. I was quick to call it Antonio Gordon as well as... Uh, James Love, I told him to get off the team. There's no place for that on a basketball team. Same thing goes for Silvio D'Souza and David McCormick, I believe, were the two for for Kansas. Get off the team. There's no room for that in the NCAA, college basketball, the Big 12, K State, doesn't matter. There's no room for that on the hardwood. So I'll be quick to say it like it is. So I guess I'm kind of contradicting myself how I earlier said this is not going to be somewhere where I get angry and yell. Here I am angry yelling, okay? There'll be times where I'll stick up for a certain team, where I'll tell the truth, what I really think, because K-State fans, I, I argue with my roommate, like I said, all the time about K-State because he's a diehard fan. I consider myself a little more real with some things, you know. I you know, I grew up a K-State fan my entire life. I've always hated Kansas. I blame my dad on that because he just hates Kansas, so it kind of just rubbed off on me. But since starting this podcast a year and a half ago, I don't hate Kansas anymore. I really don't. Do I want K State to beat KU? Of course. Of course I do. There's no question about that. But they're ninety miles away. Go down I seventy. Lawrence is no different than Manhattan. Seriously, there there's no difference between those two towns. There's not. They're 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 little college towns. Okay, politically, they might be a little different, sure. But other than that, I mean there's just virtually no difference, okay? They're not they they're not even hundred miles apart. So it's it's just it drives me insane with the amount of hatred that we have you know, for these games. My roommate, I keep talking about him. After the game on Saturday, he was like, I'm mad. He started doing his homework on a Saturday. It was like 3 o'clock. He's like, I got to go do homework. I'm so angry about this game on a Saturday. That tells you how angry some people can get at sports. But KU, a frustrating loss for them, no doubt about it. K-State, Iowa State as well. We'll take a quick break here. On the 10 to 12 podcast, be right back here in a second after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am Ryan Gilbert. Talking Big 12, technically week number one, but it's week two in the college football season. We're recapping everything here as well as getting into a couple previews coming up in week number two, week number three, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. This is way out of my pre-grade. The next weekend in the Big 12, we'll be talking about Oklahoma State against Tulsa as well as Houston and Baylor. But before we do here, quick shout-out to the Twitter account, at 10of12podcast. Be sure to stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12 Conference. Next game we will get into here on the podcast is Oklahoma and Missouri State. Okay, Oklahoma, they're a good team. They're the best team in the Big 12, okay? I think I, coming into the season here, I think Oklahoma State gave me a lot of reasons. And I mean a lot of reasons. We'll get to them in a minute here with their preview. A lot of reasons to believe they could be the best team in the league. But after that game on Saturday, I think Oklahoma's got this got this thing in the bag another year. It's hard. It's like KU in basketball. It's very hard, you know, to bet against that team. There's always, excuse me, there's always reason for skepticism, there's always reason to say this is their, you know, this is Texas's year. You know, basketball, you know, you look at this is West Virginia's year, this is Oklahoma, Trey Young's coming in. There's all it's, it's there's always something. But at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma is just the safest bet you've got to win the Big Twelve. You know, they were up thirty one to zero after the first quarter. It's you know, it's not gonna be a fun, you know, however many years Spencer Rattlers in, in the Big Twelve, it's not gonna be fun around the league unless you're a sooner fan. It's just not. Forty-eight to zero, the final in Norman. Missouri State's not a good team. Okay, that's the thing. Arkansas State's a good team. You know, Louisiana—they're a good team as well. They're, they're, you know, some of these opponents, these teams played, were good. Arkansas State is not a bad team. Some of them are bad. Missouri State's a bad team. Like, so I'm not trying to say that Oklahoma. This was oh, what a you know, marquee win for not at all. M- you know, Missouri State, I believe, was like one and nine, one and one and eleven last year. They won one game. And it was an overtime. So that's not a good team. But I mean, they just the way they did it, it was like they were playing, you know, Oklahoma's high school, you know, varsity against Missouri State's the JV team. It was just like, it was quite the blowout. And, and quite honestly, there's not a lot to say about this game. You know, and that's another thing here. I'm not gonna try to milk out as much as I can about a game when there's a blowout. It's a blowout. There's not much to say about this Oklahoma game. They're gonna be good. I think they're the front runner now in the Big 12. Oklahoma State. Um, We'll get to them here with the preview, but that's a team that I think has a chance to do something. Um, but a nice little segue in here to a team that does not have a chance to do it is Texas, and Texas wins 59 to three. Again, another impressive win over UTEP, which is really not that good of a team, but but still, Texas gets it done. Sam Ellinger, I'll give them credit. You know, I'll give Ellinger credit. I give. We'll get to West Virginia here. Credit I give Texas Tech, even though they really weren't that pretty. They got the wins. They got the wins. They were prepared. Sam Ellinger led his team because he's a senior quarterback, which is something Skyler Thompson couldn't do. He led his team to a win. So it's, it's pretty clear that Texas is not a bad team. I'm not trying to say Texas is bad, but I, will, I said this last year. I, it's every year. Texas is overrated. It doesn't matter what sport it is either. Basketball, same thing. Texas is overrated. They're not going to be that good this year there's going it's just like there's going to be reason to believe that they're going to be good because we go back to last year, okay? That game against LSU down there in Austin, that's a game Texas should have won. Straight up, Texas should have beaten LSU in Austin last season. And I think we all remember how good LSU was. That's a pretty darn good team. Texas wasn't terrible last year. It's just they really regressed and I know they were really banged up and injured. I do know that. But they really took a step back after those first couple weeks of the season, Texas is overrated. Though Tom Herman's just not—I just don't understand why. I understand why. There's a big following. There's a you know the the media, you know the name on the front of the jersey. There's a lot of reasons to pick Texas to go and place first or second in the Big 12 year after year, and they go and finish fourth or fifth. I think Texas will be a top half team, no doubt about that. But they're definitely overrated. It happens every year. You know they get a big time win against UTEP. They were. Plenty of football left to be played, but the big story here—I guess not the big story—but uh, something you know, something I like to throw in here um, when there is nothing to necessarily talk about with these games. Okay, Texas, um, a safety by the name of B.J. Foster left the game in the third quarter, and allegedly he's gone. He's off the team. He basically quit in the middle of the game. I don't know much about him. I know uh, back in June, I believe he 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 punched a car and broke his wrist. I could be wrong. Again, don't fact-check me on this. Um, But he's he's had his off-the-field issues, okay? He's had his issues. I'm not trying to fault him. I'm not trying to say he's a bad guy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying he's had some issues in the past. So literally the third quarter of this game, he's a junior, just says, hey, I'm off. I'm off the team. He just literally is calling quits on the season. So who knows what's happening? We'll be keeping an eye on that. We'll be keeping our palms on that situation. Um, but it's just it's, it's something weird here. We like to throw in little tidbits of, of information, you know, that you probably didn't hear because that's not breaking news. You're not going to see that on SportsCenter. You're not going to see that, you know, during the, the the break during the the game you're watching, where they you know go away for ten seconds and talk about the other game. You're not going to necessarily see those things. But I think it's important to note here on the podcast. Other than that, though, Texas, you know, not much going on in that game. Fifty nine to three. As well as the OU game, 48 to zero, and I can't, <laughs> I can't believe someone would pay what was it, 50 bucks to watch that game, that OU game on pay-per-view. I mean, after halftime, you're like, do I really have to turn this TV back on? You know, we're winning 41-0. Why do I even need to tune back into this game? It's over. It's done. Oh well, Oklahoma fans, if you bought it, I respect it. That's that's some pure dedication to your football team. Next team. I guess next game, I should say, we'll get into here. West Virginia against Eastern Kentucky, 56-10. to West Virginia picks up the W against Eastern Kentucky out there in Morgantown. Second loss of the season for EKU. West Virginia, though, a good win. I, I, and this is the one team here that I think has a good chance to do something special here in the Big 12. Not to win the league. Not to do anything like that, but if there is a team to catch OU sleeping, to catch Oklahoma State sleeping, I think it's West Virginia, okay? I saw this team play in person last year in Manhattan, and I, I got to see Deggy. Daigie, and Deggy's good, okay. I'm a fan of him. I liked him. Right you now, the first quarter I was like, okay, this this is gonna be a star in the Big Twelve. Not a superstar, but he's gonna get that level of respect that Schuyler Thompson somehow has, that Ellinger has, that Purdy has. You know, Charlie Brewer, all these guys, he's going to get that level of respect. No, you know, Kendall was terrible last year. He wasn't terrible, but he was not a Big 12 quarterback for West Virginia. Deggie's got it. I'm a fan of this team. They beat up on Eastern Kentucky. They win it by, what, 36 you know, points in this game? Um, I guess 46 points, I should say. It's a good win for West Virginia. Um, one thing here to note with this team. Um, we've got all these COVID instances. We've got players opting out. You know, something we didn't necessarily touch on a ton with Kansas State was, you know, everyone was opting out or not opting out. You know, Jonathan Alexander's opting out, but there's injuries. There's Rona. There's everything going on. Same thing with Arkansas State. That was not talked about really at all is that Arkansas State didn't have a good amount of players on their team as well. You know, I didn't even know that until after the game. I was like, what? So Arkansas, I mean, they played a great game, but that's not the point here. This has nothing to do um, with COVID, with opting out, none of that stuff, 11 players suspended for West Virginia um, coming into the game. It's a one-game suspension. Suspension. They're all good. Um, a couple starters, but a majority of them, you know, of course, going by the numbers, that's how it adds up. You know, a majority of the players were up, so a couple starters um, were not there for West Virginia this game. You, you throw that in with everything else going on, I think that's pretty an impressive win for the Mountaineers. Okay, you don't have excuse me, a majority of your players, I guess not a majority, but you got a good amount, a good chunk that's not even playing. You still win it by 46. I'm impressed with West Virginia. I like what they can do this year. That's my sleeper pick. Um, no doubt about it um, in the Big 12 Conference. No doubt West Virginia is the team to watch for this season. Um, other than that, though, nothing else really to talk about within that game. Here we are, last game, though, Texas Tech and Houston Baptist. This one was just... I mean, Houston Baptist, man, you only beat them by two points in Lubbock. Texas Tech was kind of in control for this game for the most part. They let it really slip away, but, boy, the offense, I mean, the offense reminds you of Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kingsbury down there in Lubbock, but the defense, you've got to be better than that. I think it was over 1,000 total yards in this game combined for both teams. I mean, sure, that's Big 12 football, but you can't be winning a lot of games when your defense is doing that against Houston Baptist, okay, against OU, you want to get in a shootout, fine. You got a chance to win that game. That's probably your best bet just to get in a shootout with that team. Houston Baptist though, I don't I don't think that's a team that you necessarily should be in, you know, in that type of game with, okay? I'll, I'll pull up the box score here. I don't know the exact number though, but it, they were lighting it up on the offensive side of the football. Were the Huskies, and this I quite honestly Houston Baptist is one of those teams where it's like I've not I've barely ever heard of that team barely so overall not a great game for texas tech but at the end of the day they still won the game they got it done something that k-state iowa state ku something that they can't say so overall you you, i guess you're happy they gave up 600 yards i just pulled it up here 600 yards to houston baptist houston baptist gave up 624 yards that's over 1200 yards I mean, what in the world? It's not like it went to overtime or anything. Like, goodness. So over 1,200 yards and you only put up, uh, goodness, I'm not good at math. What is that, 68 points that you put up combined? That's not a good ratio. Okay, I don't know what a good ratio for that would be. But if you, score, pardon me, if you put up 1,200 yards, I think you should get a little bit more than 35, 33 points each. But, but overall you know you know they i guess can, i guess you can kind of give them credit texas tech necessarily you know they kind of controlled the game that tempo they need to be better there's no doubt about that but they got the win done that's all that there is for that game okay now we've got a couple games here coming up in week 2 week 3 whatever it is here in the big 12 houston playing uh, up here against baylor not a bad team houston's not a bad team um they play you know not in the worst conference either so there's definitely some competition that they've um, that they're used to going up against, and we haven't necessarily talked uh, about Baylor though at all here yet on the show. Um, I am not a fan personally. I'm not a fan of the the hire for him to go to the NFL. Okay. I would have at least given that one more year if I were to hire Matt Rule to come coach my NFL team. That's just me. That's just my personal opinion. Um, Baylor was not that good last year, and I don't want to be rude in saying that. I'm not trying to start controversy. Baylor wasn't that good. They want the, Most of their games were just very close, so they could have been like a seven and five team very easily. And I know that good teams find ways to win games. I get that. I totally one hundred percent agree. Baylor won their games. Give them credit. They played Georgia in a bowl game. They lost, but still, it was a good game. You know, they. I. You can't. Baylor. I don't see much from them this year. Um, I don't think they were good last year. They were good. And I wouldn't even say they were overrated because it's like there wasn't much hype. There wasn't much excitement around that team. You know? they, they were highly ranked because of their record, and that's about it. Okay? Oklahoma is going to be high, highly ranked no matter what, so there's potential for that team you know, to be overrated, but even though I think they're good. You know, with Baylor, that right there is a team that is going to struggle this year. They're losing um, you know, Matt Rule. Like I said earlier, I think Rule should not be in the NFL. I think you've got to give him one more year. What was it, two years ago, three years ago, where that Baylor program had like one win or three wins, whatever the number was? So that's a quick turnaround, and that's very impressive if you're Matt Rule. I'm not trying to take away from that. He's a good coach. I, I think he's a good guy, too. He's fine, okay? He likes to lick his lips on the sidelines and you know his outfits and whatever. That's fine. He's, he's a good coach. I'm not trying to say he's not. I just don't think he's an NFL coach. If he's back at Baylor again this season, he's gonna go seven and five. Eight and four, or I guess they're not gonna play twelve games. He's gonna win 60 70 percent of his games. There's no way they're gonna push up towards, you know, making the college football playoff again. There's no way they can do that. Even if Matt Rule is here or not, that is he's I know I, I get it. Good teams find ways to win games. The, the the rebuild he did there at Baylor was incredible. It was is honestly incredible. But it's a little different in the NFL when you're, you're trying to necessarily – you're not trying to necessarily rebuild programs. It's not like you're recruiting these guys in. You're just drafting them and coaching them. You know, NFL is a lot more about the schematics of football rather than the recruitment, the process of gathering these players towards your team, okay? So that's all I have to say about Baylor. I expect them to beat Houston. But overall, not going to be the best season in my eyes for Baylor, okay? It, it could be, but I don't, I'm not a fan of this Baylor team here in 2020. Next team we'll get into here, Oklahoma State. They're playing Tulsa here next weekend in the Big 12 Conference. So Oklahoma State, you know, they've got, I think, the most firepower in the Big 12. You've got a returning quarterback who was banged up last year, didn't play much in Spencer Sanders. You've got Heisman finalist, you know, bank it right now, Chuba Hubbard. You've got Tylan Wallace. You've got, you've got a big three right there. I mean, you look at an NFL team like, you know, the Chiefs, they've got Mahomes. They've got Clyde edwards hilaire and then they've got you know Tyree Kill, and then you've got Kelsey. That's four. All you need, all you need is three: a, a QB, a running back, and a wide receiver, and some fun things can happen on your team. Oklahoma State's got that. Wallace Spencer Sanders, as well as Chuba Hubbard, they've got some you know potential to do some things. Mike Gundy's a good coach. I know he had some uh, some you know some negative press over the off for some of his political, you know, stances, for some of his COVID takes, whatever it was, I think his team's bought back in. Now I think Chuba Hubbard um, last week came out and said, "Yeah, this was a good off season. We got stuff done." After saying he was not going to stand for it, and he said he wanted to transfer, whatever. I don't, I don't remember the full situation there. They're back. They're bought in. They want to win games. Mike Gundy, that's just who he is. I think Oklahoma State's got some potential. Um, if there is a team to knock down Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will meet in the title game. Um, but I think Oklahoma State's gonna be the loser in that game, but still, Oklahoma's got a chance. Pardon me Oklahoma State's got a chance. They can If they can stay healthy, <laughs> excuse me, We never got to see what that team could really do last season. We didn't get to see it. They were banged up. You know, if they're healthy, we'll see what happens this season. I'm excited to watch that Oklahoma State team uh, in the big 12. Last team we've got here, TCU. The Horned Frogs, Max Duggan, looks like he won't be a go for this year. That's a big blow for the Horned Frogs. I think they're going to take a step back. It was looking towards a step forward. You got Duggan with his his, uh, his medical condition. He's going to be out for probably the year. I mean, just terrible, heartbreaking news for TCU. Um, they canceled their first game versus SMU. No make date has been set yet, so they might be one of those teams to immediately um, not get their full uh, slate of games in. Uh, I saw that team in Manhattan last year where they played a pretty good game, and in K-State won this game. TCR, remember, had 100 more yards than the Wildcats, though, in that game. So, uh, you know, not a bad team. I like what I saw from them. They're going to be depleted. You know, Jalen Rager, um got him on my fantasy team, so good luck to uh, good luck to me. But, you know, he's gone. That's probably their biggest, if not their biggest, uh, you know, playmaker last year. Gone. So you've also got, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs drafted one of their defensive players, who I'm absolutely blinking on his name. They're going to be depleted. They're going to be losing some players. There's no doubt about that. You know, Duggan's gone. It's not going to be that pretty of a season for TCU, quite honestly. I, I'm being very pessimistic about most of these teams in the Big 12, and I, I hate that I am. I just think there's a lot of skepticism for pretty much every team. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, are, they're going to be really good teams. West Virginia is going to surprise some people. Uh, But other than that, though, Iowa State's overrated. Texas overrated. K-State, we saw that they're not going to be that good. KU is going to be garbage no matter what. Texas Tech, we saw that that team is really going to struggle. Baylor's going to take a step back, okay? I probably missed a team in there, but overall, you know, not the best year for the Big 12. It's going to be a down year, and I hate the SEC as much as the next guy. We'll have to see what they do when they start playing, but I think it's going to be an ugly Uh, bowl game if one of these Big 12 teams goes up against an SEC opponent in uh, in a bowl game. But that kind of wraps things up here on the show. Texas Tech, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma victorious in the first weekend of Big 12 football. K-State, KU, Iowa State with some tough losses to the Sun Belt. Oklahoma State, TCU, and Baylor did not play here in the first weekend of football. That kind of wraps things up here on the 10 of 12 podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, whether this was your first time, your fiftieth time listening, I don't. I very much appreciate your listenership. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Ten of Twelve Podcast. I would appreciate that very much. Like I said, stay up to date with everything going on around the Big Twelve with the latest updates, predictions, news, highlights, scores. It's all there on Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me, on on Twitter at Ten of Twelve Podcast. I would appreciate that very much. Um, if you're listening from Go Power you've already got this, but if not, go over there. Even if you're not a K-State fan, 24-7 sports. You know, OU's got a very good site running there. Texas as well. West Virginia, you know, with Chris Anderson. You got, you know, Colin Kennedy down there at OU. Scott Chasen does a well job over in Lawrence with the KU site. You know, there's a lot of good things going on um, within the 24-7 sports uh, network. So be sure to check everyone out. But if you're a K-State fan, I encourage you, uh, sign up for Go Power Cat and go ahead and get that done. But other than that, I'm Ryan Gilbert. Thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 out of 12 podcast.